0: You're listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached during the online worship service of Central United Methodist Church. We are located in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to join us for our live worship experience through Facebook or Zoom every Sunday at 10:30 a.m. Visit www.cumcballston.org for details. There you can also learn more about our congregation where we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. A reading from Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died, more than that who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Each Sunday in our Lenten series, we will introduce our sermons with a prayer poem. Here's our first poem, and it's called Speak a Word. Life-Giving God May I speak a word of hope into someone's spirit today, extolling the promise and potential offered in each new rising sun. May I speak a word of joy into someone's spirit today, illuminating their worth, beauty and blessing just as they are. May I speak a word of victory into someone's spirit today, reminding them that they carry within themselves a power greater than evil. May I speak a word of love into someone's spirit today, freely offering the agape of God without condition. May I speak a word of peace into someone's spirit today, offering the quiet strength of restraint over retort. As I prepare to offer these gifts of the spirit, may I recall that I cannot offer what I do not have. Therefore, may hope, joy, victory, love, and peace reside within me as well. Amen. Inland, we take time to look into ourselves and outward into our world. To do that, we start where we are in the here and now. We're not alone when we do this work. As Paul tells us, nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God question for us is how can we see and feel and act on this truth of God's love? It's not an easy thing to feel loved unconditionally. We're taught in many subtle and often not so subtle ways that the love we experience from others is conditioned. It can be conditioned on what we do or what we fail to do, or who we are, or who we know, or the color of our skin, or how much we earn. And with that teaching comes another teaching. We we learn in many ways, some subtle and not so subtle, who's lovable and who is not. My grandfather, my father's dad was a New York police officer for many, many years. And I remember walking with him as a child, oh gosh, I'm seven or eight. And we're walking down a a city street in New York near a little park and there was a man a man of the street stretched out on a park bench snoring away the paper bag with the bottle near him i'm sure though i don't remember that but he was pretty disreputable looking and i remember as we walked by my grandfather moving myself and my younger brother away from the man and standing between us. And I still remember the look on my grandfather's face, one of disgust. You see, this was a person who in those days my grandfather would have arrested for being a vagrant. It's taken me a long time to overcome that prejudice. A a reflex whenever I saw someone who was stuck on the streets who maybe was trapped by their alcohol or drugs. It took me a long time to overcome that that subtle lesson I'd learned from my grandfather. And don't get me wrong, he was not a mean man at all. But he had his prejudices, and in this way, he passed them on to me. Lent and its tie to the sacrament of baptism is a good time to reflect on our prejudices, on what is loving and lovable. Now, in the ancient church, Lent was those 40 days leading up to the baptism of the new Christians. 40 days was an important number. It's a very biblical number. Of course, there are the 40 days that Moses was up on the mountain. There was the 40 years that the Israelites wandered in the desert. There was the 40 days of Noah waiting in the ark for the rain to stop. And of course, there were the 40 days that our Savior spent in the wilderness being tempted. And is it a coincidence that 40 weeks is about the time it takes for a baby to grow to turn. So those 40 days leading up to baptism, they were important days. They were the culmination of upwards of two years that those soon to be baptized adults had spent learning how to be Christians. They learned not just what to believe, which is the story of the gospels, the good news, but also how to believe, how to put those stories into the practice of Christianity With baptism, they would take on a new identity. They would join a new family and they would take on an identity that was completely at odds with how they had been raised, how they had lived and the prejudices that they had grown up with. The soon to be baptized had spent their lives in a Roman or Greek culture. And those were worlds where they were taught to get and hold on to material things as hard as they could and to let go and enjoy their bodily pleasures as much as they could. In those worlds, there was no charity, very little, if any, morality. To become Christians, they had to learn to let go of the material things and to hold on to a new life based on respect and love for others and for themselves. In short, they had to learn a new way of being just, of what justice could mean. And with baptism, they were admitted into the new family of Christ to become Christians. In baptism, we take a special moment to repeat the precious name of the person being baptized. In a world that seems obsessed with who's right and wrong, good or bad, or in or out, this is radical to name a person as a child of God. It's where our acknowledging of God's love begins. <clears throat> when, when we baptize an infant, one of the things I get to do in participating in that sacrament is to carry the, the newly baptized child around the cho- church to be welcomed by the congregation. It's not often somebody my age gets to handle the little baby again. And whether adult or infant or older child, the baptism becomes a welcoming time being welcomed into that family. But baptism is also a time of promise and of blessing and of naming. When we're baptized, we're asked whether we accept the freedom and power God has given us to resist evil, injustice and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. And with baptism, we accept the responsibility to serve as Christ's representative in the world. In the words of our baptismal service, the Holy Spirit work within you that being born through the water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. With our baptism, we joined a new family and we got a new last name. Our family name became Christian. When is a time set aside for us to remember our family name and how we have fallen short of our baptismal promises? Not just of the promise we made or was made on our behalf, but the promise we present as children of God. Now, we can do this work because we are, as Paul so wonderfully described in today's reading, beloved children of God. There's nothing that can take this love from us, that can separate us from God. But there are two things we can do as human beings that work against this love. There are two ways we can claim Paul is wrong. The first is to convince ourselves that we're not loved by God. And the second is to convince ourselves that others are not loved by God. Both of these actions lead to injustice. The first is an injustice to ourselves. To to deny God's love to ourselves is, is, is so sad, so unnecessary. We are loved by God. And that is such a wonderful place of strength. And there's nothing we can do about that. And it leads to injustice to the world. You see, boiling down to taking upon ourselves the judgment as to who is worthy of God's love always leads to injustice. We do exactly this when we claim that our enemies look like God's enemies. You see, if I claim to be a beloved child of God, I have to claim as well that you are too. And that includes the you that I see as a threat or as an enemy or as someone who's done or acted in a way that offends my sense of justice. Lent is a time of looking into ourselves And that can be very scary indeed. It means looking into ourselves to find our own habits of prejudice and fear and judgment. It means looking to when and how we've held others to our standards of the good instead of to God's standards of love. Now, that's not easy in today's world where we're fed a constant diet of anger and hatred, where we're given witness to a political world that thrives not just on argument, but on violence, a world that more and more is coming to set neighbor against neighbor, friend against friend, even family against family. I read in the papers recently of of one of our congressional representatives who, who got a long letter from family relatives, disowning him, claiming that he acted against God's will by a vote that he took this is violent. It's hatred. And we're given witness to it. It's a world that thrives not just on argument, but the violence of prejudice, of words of hate and anger, and even threats of physical violence. Our world works very hard to blind us to the children of God. During this Lent, use this time, use these 40 days to work to see what is that fallen world tries so hard to hide from you, to see that all are beloved children of God, no matter what they've done or do or failed to do. So if you're with someone, turn to them now and say this, you are a child of God. And if you're alone, Bring someone into your mind's eye and name them and say in your heart, you are a child of God. Now, say to yourself, I am a beloved child of God. And now comes the hard part. Bring to mind someone you believe to be an enemy or has done something hateful to you in the past or someone you're afraid of and say you are a beloved child of god and after you do that welcome yourself into the family of christ your last name is christian amen